This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 25th of January. In your Squiz today, Albanese visits Alice, Japan's population problems, the Aussies of the year are set to be named, and a very smart four-year-old. This is your Squiz today. Claire, we talked yesterday about Coalition leader Peter Dutton urging PM Anthony Albanese to join him for a visit to Alice Springs. He wanted him to see firsthand the impact soaring crime rates are having on the central Australian town. Albanese rejected that offer, but he went anyway, meeting with the Territory's Chief Minister, Natasha Files, as well as local officials and community leaders. And late yesterday, it was announced that there will be immediate restrictions on alcohol sales in Alice. So how it's going to work is that on Mondays and Tuesdays, takeaway alcohol-free days will be put in place. Uh, That adds to bottle shops being closed on Sundays. Uh, So from Wednesdays through to Saturdays, the hours when takeaway alcohol can be purchased will be restricted to 3pm to 7pm. And also when it comes to buying alcohol, there will be one transaction per person per day. Uh, File said that she knows that not everyone will be happy with those restrictions, but it's a decision, she says, that the police fully support. Uh, She says that by reducing the amount of alcohol in the community, they will also reduce the harm. And those arrangements will stay in place for three months, but it's not the ban on alcohol sales that some were looking for. That's in focus because in July last year, a 15-year ban on alcohol sales in remote Aboriginal communities came to an end. Yeah, and if you talk to the police commissioner, the mayor of Alice Springs and many of those community leaders, they say it was the lifting of that ban that's led to the crime spike and also kids and women uh, being put in dangerous situations at home and on the streets. Uh, Chief Minister Files said that she wouldn't support another what she calls a race-based policy. Uh, So the discussion has been about whether communities opt in to remain dry, to keep alcohol out of their communities. Uh, But what Albanese asked for yesterday was a review of that approach. Uh, He says that it might be possible that grog should be banned as a default and communities would then apply to opt out of that arrangement if they have the right measures in place to keep people safe. And many of those involved in this discussion say it's not just about alcohol and policing. Policies and support for Indigenous families, early intervention for kids going off the rails and bread and butter factors like employment and education all play a part. For his part, Coalition leader Peter Dutton said Albanese has to increase the support to Alice Springs and he will stand shoulder to shoulder with him to tackle these issues. 
Turkish President Erdogan has put a dampener on Sweden's application to join NATO, Claire. Sweden and Finland broke their long-standing neutrality policies last year to apply for membership to the military alliance. It was a big deal in the middle of the year. Long-standing listeners might remember that we talked a bit last year about NATO and its role given Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, NATO really was a frequent flyer last year. Uh, it, of course, is made up of the United States and Canada and Western European nations. It also includes countries like Turkey. Uh, Sweden and Finland uh, have maintained their neutrality for more than 100 years, so it was a big change for them last year to say that they wanted to join the NATO alliance. Uh, that would see them side with member nations if they're ever attacked. Uh, it happened because they said that the fragile security situation in Europe forced a rethink. Uh, and to join NATO, all members must agree, but Turkey isn't on board. Uh, President Erdogan says that Sweden and Finland shelter representatives of terrorist organisations. Uh, he says they're linked to the Kurds. Uh, they're an ethnic group that lives on Turkey's border. Uh, and Sweden's also been called out by Turkey because tensions flared uh, last weekend when there was an anti-Islam protest that was held outside the Turkish embassy in Stockholm. There's a fair bit going on with all of that, but it is a big deal when it comes to European security. Yeah, and that demonstration that you mentioned was spoken about by Erdogan uh, recently. He says it shouldn't have been allowed to happen. And with Turkey offside, it's a tricky situation, but other NATO nations have been supportive of the Nordic nation's applications. They say it would help make Europe safer. Last week, we talked about China's population issues, and this week, it's Japan that's concerned, Claire. Yesterday, Japanese PM Fumio Kishida said the country will face significant problems if its falling birth rate isn't addressed. The country had fewer than 800,000 births last year, and that's down from more than 2 million a year in the 1970s. Yeah, and to put that in context, Japan's overall population sits at about 125 million. So 800,000 kids a year doesn't come anywhere near replacing the 1.4 million deaths in Japan each year. Uh, Japan's life expectancy has also increased in recent decades. So it all adds up to fewer young people working to support more elderly people. Uh, Kishida says that Japan is standing on the verge uh, of whether Japan can function as a society uh, and that policies regarding kids and child rearing really needs immediate prioritisation. Yeah, he says Japan must build a child first social economy to reverse the birth rate. Dwindling birth rates are an issue for many nations, but few more than Japan. It has the second oldest population in the world. The tiny nation of Monaco comes in at number one. Claire, tomorrow is Australia Day and many listeners will have views about that. What we're focused on is honouring those Aussies who make a difference with the Australian of the Year Awards set to be announced tonight. 
Yeah, that happens in Canberra. Uh, of course, last year's Australian of the Year was Dylan Alcott. Uh, he, of course, is the retired tennis champ and disability advocate. Uh, this year, the list is packed with a lot of lesser-known legends. Uh, probably the biggest name is Craig Foster. He's the nominee from New South Wales. He's an ex-Socceroo captain. He's a soccer commentator these days, uh, but he's also a human rights advocate. Uh, a couple of others to mention. Uh, Tazzy's nomination is John Kamara. He's a refugee from Sierra Leone and he's done lots of good work uh, in the advocacy and charity space. Uh, and from Queensland, there's an award-winning Indigenous classical composer, William Barton. He's been nominated as well. Yeah, there's so many terrific people doing incredible things. Tonight's awards will also honour the Senior Australian of the Year, Young Australian of the Year and the Local Hero. So I'll pop a link to all those nominees in today's episode notes in case you'd like to check it out. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, a very clever four-year-old from the UK has become the newest and youngest member to join the International Organisation for the High IQs Amongst Us, Mensa. Yeah, Teddy Hobbs is his name and apparently he taught himself to read and count, not just in English but in Mandarin, when he was two years (laughs) old. Um, His parents thought that he was just making sounds while he played on a tablet, Um, but they later realised that he was actually reading numbers in Chinese language. (laughs) Yeah, his parents reckon their main challenge now is to figure out how to raise a kid who's in the 99th percentile for his age, along with keeping him grounded, his mum says. They've already had to explain to him why his friends can't (laughs) read just yet, so they're onto it already. (laughs) Yeah, what a great friend he'll be. Squiz the day, Claire. The latest inflation figures are out. Yeah, of course, a lot of eyes are on the things that are are driving our economic situation and it doesn't get much bigger than inflation. So expect a lot to be said about that today. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be loads of people interested in those. And that wraps us up today. Just a recce on what's happening for the rest of the week. It's a long year ahead, so we're taking the opportunity to pace ourselves. The Squiz today won't be out tomorrow or Friday, but we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, look out for Squiz Shortcuts. We'll put our latest episodes on The Voice and Andrew Tate into the episode notes today. So get into those. Yeah, and of course, Saturday Squiz will be back on the magical day of Saturday. So we'll take you through the big news of the week and also our recommendations for the fun things for a great weekend. Have a great few days. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. 
Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.